There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast. I'm your host, Shay, joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how is it going today? Today is a very special day. I am just ecstatic to be here. It is a huge one for sure. This is your weekly Apex Legends podcast, and today we got a big episode for you. We got a huge interview with the one and only Sor Kobe. And then, you know, after that, we're going to wrap up with some listener questions as well. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. And if you want to support us, please consider joining us on Patreon. You get access to two extra podcasts every month amongst tons of other benefits. With that, though, do we have anything to say before we just dive into this interview? Let's get after it. Yeah, for sure. We're going to send you over this interview right now. It was an absolute blast to record. Um, and I feel like you guys are all going to love it for sure. Welcome in, Sor Kobe, a man in need of no introduction, an absolute beast in the Apex community, has been frying and creating content for the longest time now. More than 300,000 YouTube subscribers, sponsored by Scuff Gaming and Steel Series. Gotta say that we think you have some of the best Apex content out there on YouTube. No doubt the best thumbnails of anyone in the game. Welcome to the third party. How's it going today, man? Not too bad, not too bad. How are you guys doing? Doing great, doing great. Very exciting. We've definitely been watching a lot of your videos, playing the game a lot, and it's very cool to have you on here. Thank you. Yeah, I've, I've usually when I get DMs like that, like out of the blue, you know, I let it pass by or, you know, if it's a question or something, I read it. But um, the idea that you guys have is really cool. Um, it was something that I actually was thinking about doing about a year ago when I first became talent manager of Sword Gaming. I wanted to get a podcast going with... Um, all the content creators in the scene and the pros and kind of see where they came from, uh, their origins and their future, um, what they what they want for their future and everything. So I, I thought the idea was really cool. So I was definitely more than welcome to hop on. Dude, that's awesome. We're definitely, you know, we'd love to dive into it and, you know, hear about your journey as well in the future. And then, you know, obviously get some good uh, Apex talk in there as well. Yeah, to kick things off, I guess we can kind of go into what you were saying and Talk about what inspires you to make YouTube videos and really just create content for people. Okay, so I guess we'll go back to 2013, 2012. Um, back in the day, I played a lot of Halo, um, played a lot of like Tony Hawk, Skate, Ooh. every game you can think of, Pokemon Stadium, everything like that. Played a lot of it. Um, it was up until like 2012, 2011 where I first found out what sniping was in Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> I was heavily inspired by this montage that if anyone's been in the sniping or Call of Duty community for all these years, the beginning of Phase Clan and everything, everyone will remember the Optic Predator montage titled Predator. Um, I watched that montage and it inspired me with everything to create montages and play. It, it made me see Call of Duty in a different perspective that I'd never seen it. And um, that was around the time where Modern Warfare 3 was just released. I was already playing Modern Warfare 2, um, but I was never, like I said, I'd never seen this perspective of Call of Duty like I saw in this montage. So around that time, Optic Pomage, at the time he was an Optic, he ended up releasing a montage titled The Catalyst. And that actually went onto the FaZe Clan when he then first joined FaZe Clan from Optic. And... Um, that montage is what really kicked it off for me. I 
was really inspired by that montage and went in MW3 and I would play the face-off game mode and drop zone and just snipe my life away for hours and hours. I'm talking like 12 hours a day at a friend's house um, all day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just going for crazy things, trick shots, snipe, sniping clips, everything like that. And it wasn't up until probably 20, 2012, beginning of 2013, when I bought my first Hapage. It was a, it was a Hapag like capture card. Um, I know there was, there was something before that that everyone used, but I never could afford it at the time. And um, yeah, so I got a HD PVR2 was my first capture card. And I remember the first week I had it, I went on MW2 Search and Destroy, just messing around. And I remember vividly on this one map, I forgot the name of it, but I jumped off the roof and went for just a random no-scope. And it hit, and I was, I was recording, and it, it just, it was the craziest feeling ever. And from that day on, I mean, even if you look at my channel and go to the first ever video, it's uh, it's just sniping and trickshotting Call of Duty in 2013. And... um I guess that's what kind of really kicked it off. Uh, I wanted to be like, I wanted to just make montages of really cool things, you know, inspired by everyone in FaZe Clan, Temper, Banks. Banks wasn't even in FaZe at the time. I believe he was in Soar. So um, lots of people inspired me for the beginning to uh, do montages and sniping clips and everything like that. So it kind of shifted towards, um, I'd say maybe like, 2016 2017 where i started creating old school runescape content but Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's pretty much the the start of it the initial blow up was i hit this trick shot that was put in it was on ghost a dlc map on ghost where i 720 i hit marker yeah ghost is awesome i i hit the 720 and i hit markered it and then i go again and then I hit marker it a second time, and then the third shot I hit him, and it was a pretty distant shot, and it got put on uh, Phase Rain's top five plays, Phase Apex, all the Phase guys' top fives, and it kind of gave that little initial boost to my channel to kind of do what I wanted to do. Uh, I think I gained about four thousand, five thousand subscribers from that, and uh, that's what really fed the motivation for me to continue. Yeah, absolutely love that, and I love that you know you uh, have kept all your you know older videos up there. There's a lot of channels that like I think once they've uh, started to explode, uh, we'll delete some of that older stuff. But I like that uh, we can still you know see the see the origins, the origin story from the beginning is for sure. Absolutely, I mean I've definitely taken down a few videos where, which were really cringy. Um, <laughs> Everyone else, yeah, there were nothing that was something to miss out on. It was it was. Very weird time. I was mixing <laughs> sniping with the the cut comms in the time that everyone was making the cut commentaries. Okay, and I just started making my own really bad quality webcam, uh, <laughs> terrible overlays. It was just it was a whole mess. Hey, it's a journey though, you know, from start to finish every time, no matter what. Uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about uh, sore gaming. I think it's something that you know, Henry and I personally are really interested in, um, and I think a lot of our listeners will be as well. But uh, tell us a little bit about what brought you there and what it's like to be part of such a, you know, now prolific organization. Okay. Um, so like I said, being in the sniper and call of duty community, um, these teams, um, phase soar era L seven Genesis, Darth, all these teams were like, that's, that's the goal. You know, you wanted to be solo until these teams saw you and like, you thought that, you know, you could help them and they could help you. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
So around 2016, I ended up going for this sore recruitment challenge. Um, BO3 was released like a month before this was announced. So that was the main game that everybody wanted you. They wanted to see your trick shots on that game and clips and everything. So I ended up putting out, and it's still live on my channel, a sword gaming recruitment challenge in 2016. Um, I was trying to be really unique, you know, instead of just going for normal S and D trick shots, I would go into hardcore free for all, get to 29 kills, have a lead, and then go for like weird shots with like assault rifles and like, <laughs> Just super weird and creative things that nobody really did in the community at the time. And I remember people were really uh, liking it. They were gassing it up. Uh, the general, well, there was a leader at the time. His name was Sword General. Mm -hmm. I believe he does some like hype beast YouTube channel now. I believe so. But um, went back when Skype was a thing, he added me on Skype and he was like, hey, <laughs> you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep talking to you. I want to see clips. I want to see, you know, I want to see your clips for the next month. And pretty much in the day when a leader would do that to you, that's pretty much saying send every clip you go for or every clip that you hit mm -hmm. and just grind because you're pretty much in, you just got to make that initial jump. And after like a month or so, um, I started becoming inconsistent and that, that spot was taken. And like I said, the video still up. It's 2016, I think December or something. And, uh, so that's how I knew about Soar. Obviously, I knew about Soar since the beginning um, with with when Phase Adapt was in Soar, Phase Banks was leading mm -hmm. Soar. Um, there were a lot of really big names in the gaming community that were in Soar. So it was always an inspiration. So I guess when Apex came out, this is kind of where I made my approach to Soar again. Um, uh, obviously, the thing that kicked off the initial blow up was the 30 kill kill record a week into the game massive um, that was massive that yeah the the og video that <laughs> everyone everyone remembers it from 30 kills as lifeline uh wingman spitfire when it was really broken um <laughs> it was a pretty crazy gameplay at the time i mean if you go back and watch it now it's not really that crazy but um uh, so anyways I get, <laughs> it, it, it was pretty crazy but back back in the day there's a lot more people playing and uh everyone was still learning how to play mm -hmm. i mean I, i'm pretty sure i did that late february and the game was released early february so it was just a couple weeks after release um dick Cerdo, i think that's how the, this but i'm probably i probably butchered that but the website the news site uh dick Cerdo or, or dextero like dextero dextero that's yeah yeah, yeah. They ended up posting the video with the news article saying, you know, that I was the number one for kill, like I held the world record for solo kills mm -hmm. and I tweeted it out. It got a lot of uh, attention. I remember my Twitter probably had 6,000 followers from the Call of Duty community and stuff. So I was reaching out to a few of my friends who blew up on Fortnite and everything. I was like, hey, would you guys mind throwing a retweet on this? And um, one of the people that retweeted it must have been friends with Sword Revex at the time who went from COD over to Apex as well. And he he followed me, and then we ran a few games. We became pretty close friends in the next couple months. And in May of, May of 2019, uh, on my birthday, May 22nd, I got to announce that I was their first Apex Legends pickup. Oh, and, nice. Um, it, was, it was pretty crazy because it was the first team in the Call of Duty community that looked at Apex, except for, you know, 100 Thieves doesn't really count. They do count because it's an 8-shots team, but 
I'm talking the era of 2011-2012 teams, even before that. So um, it was really cool. Uh, it was me and Rebex. Um, and then we, within, I'd say about two to three weeks, I started having calls with Mac and Crude, who are the owners, leads of SOAR right now. And um, I was like, hey, I think we should get a few more people on here. And I got picked up technically from the SOAR recruitment challenge, but I didn't really go for it. I did, but I didn't. But they picked me up as a recruit for that their their challenge that they had. So. I was like talking to them in calls for a little bit and I'm like, Hey, I think we should pick, pick a few people up, you know, start to get this team to what it is today. And, um, they were down for it. They were like, yeah, absolutely. Who do you, who do you want to, you know, who are you interested in? And I said, I want to get Jenks. I want to get Daltouche and I want to get finicky. Those are the boys. Those and, are the boys. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was pretty hard for Jenks in the beginning. He was like, I don't see the point in joining a team. I'm already established. Um, I don't really benefit anything of it. And then after showing him, you know, what the, the actual benefits, um, he was like, you know what? Let's let's do it. Daltouche was probably our best pickup ever. I mean, he's he's family to me and everybody in the sore um gaming apex team um he's absolutely popped out this this year phenomenal work phenomenal content creator amazing person um and then i'd say about september of 2019 i got talent manager of soar which pretty much i look out for future recruits i take care of a few things behind the scenes when it comes to analytics and stuff like that and um yeah that's pretty much it i'm i, I manage our talent if there's any issues that my team has, they come to me and I, I take them up to higher up if needed. And then we made a legendary video that the OGs of the Apex community and SOAR fans will definitely know um, where we stream snipe Johnny on names <laughs> that were um, welcome to SOAR, SOAR Johnny and yeah. something else. Yeah. And we stream sniped him in a pub and, uh, he his reaction was just priceless. One of my favorite videos on the Soar channel to this day. And then, so Johnny was officially in Soar about September, November of 2019. Then we began to pick up a few other people, including uh, it went in order: um, Cujo, then Dre, then Cal, Chicken, and Spooky. So. That is our current roster. And I get questions all the time asking, you know, if this person's a fanboy, if that person's a fanboy, mm-hmm. all you got to do is go to sword.gg, go to the Apex Legend roster, and everyone on that list are the actual official people in Sword. Um, you know, there is a ton of fanboys out there, a ton of fake accounts and stuff like that, which yeah. we don't have any hate towards. They're just fans of the team. And, uh, but a lot of new people coming to Twitter and social media and stuff. I uh, just get confused sometimes whether, you know, these people are actually in SOAR or if they're, um, you know, just fake, yeah. fake names, I guess. They, they got to know who the OGs are. The OGs, those are the guys making the, the big time content right now. Right, right. For sure. That's that's really fantastic. Uh, it's kind of hard to find your story out there. So it's really awesome that you were able to share that here for us on the podcast. Uh, kind of talking a little bit more about that. I'm curious why apex for you like why not fortnite or warzone or PUBG? like what what stands out about apex that drew you to it okay so uh around that time i was 
We just recently moved out of a house that we can no longer afford, and we bought a trailer. I was working at Walmart, I believe. Um, one of my one of my best friends, he was he was the manager, and ended up getting me a job there. Um, and I believe every dollar I ever had saved because I didn't really have a, a bank at the time. I never believed in banks. I didn't trust them. Um, I had cash and <laughs> ended up getting robbed out of my trailer for like about $10,000. Oh shit. And so I had to start selling all of my equipment and stuff I had. And I was a really low point in my life. So like I went and, uh, ended up buying a PS4 off make Facebook marketplace. Mm -hmm. And, um, I believe I was playing Fortnite at the time once it was like Fortnite season three. And I was just playing that on and off when I wasn't trying to, you know, wasn't working or wasn't doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Just for fun. Yeah, just for fun, of course. And then um, right when Apex came out, um, the same manager, my best friend, his name's Tim, uh, him and my other best friend named Kyle were like, yo, new Battle Royale. I thought it looked crazy. Um, I remember seeing the Prowler in one of the trailers, and it reminded me of the guns on Halo. And that's where it kind of inspired me. I was like, wow, this game looks really cool. It's like a Halo with a Call of Duty mix. and um, so we all tried it out one night. I vividly remember the first gun I picked up, triple take. So I was a big sniper guy. I was like, oh, this triple take is crazy. Mm-hmm. And I have a four to 10 on it. I'm on Bones and Skulltown <laughs> shooting into Thunderdome. And I'm hitting 12 damage and 24 with the triple take because it, it has that the three shots. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so I'm like, yo, this sniper is terrible. I shot him 20 <laughs> times and he didn't die yet. And then, oh, man. Um, we started just hopping on, finding on, finding about what guns are the best and what legends we liked. I was initially a Wraith main for the first two days, and then um, I switched over to Lifeline after realizing, you know, how useful Lifeline was in Skulltown early drops. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I guess I just kind of fell in love with the game. And uh, the second I got that world record, I... I didn't even have a 20 kill badge at the time. So I remember me, Tim and Kyle were playing every day and I was trying to get my 20 kill badge and I ended up doing that 30 kill solo. And I told my, t- my friend Tim, I'm like, Hey, if this video gets a hundred thousand views on YouTube, I'm going to upload every single day for the rest of my life. And yeah. I just stopped to my word. It hit a hundred thousand views in four or five days. And then I just started uploading every day, streaming every day, putting in like a lot of work in the kill grind community for lifeline. I was up to rank like four behind Daltouche, uh, Razor mm-hmm. on YouTube, and somebody else. And I, I don't know, I was just streaming a lot, putting in a lot of work into uploading every day and just trying to be unique. Dude, that's awesome. Without a doubt, that's awesome. The rest is history from there on out, I know. Do you think, uh, you know, speaking about Battle Royales in general, do you think this kind of genre uh, is here to stay, especially, you know, looking at the esports realm in general? Yeah, I think it, I think it definitely has... Uh, it's made a very, very strong standpoint in the gaming community. Um, the the things that people don't like about it, though, are the fact where it is reliant on RNG, which, of course, mm-hmm. is a random number generator. It's pretty much the loot tables where people are going. Like, it's all it's all random. You never know. So, like, um, nobody likes, like, even the casual gamer doesn't like landing in the same area as someone else. And the, their enemies get the best high tier loot and you're walking out with the bottom tier loot and that's always a terrible feeling i mean it's not up to skill at that point it's it's just based on what kind of stuff you can find yeah for sure 
I mean, besides that, like the people who understand that and like it, uh, I think for a casual gamer, it definitely Apex and Battle Royales in general kind of give you that satisfying feeling when you know that you know you're you're a separate team against this many other teams and you came out on top. Uh, people really like that satisfying feeling, so I think that's why it has such a standout in the the community in this day and age. Yeah, for sure, that's awesome. Yeah, speaking about kind of that RNG and you know what we've seen in the game. We've had a couple uh, limited time modes that have Evo Armor and P2020 or Mozambique off the drop. Is this something that you would like to see permanently, either in public games or ranked or even in the competitive tournaments? Um, for me, I think it's an iffy subject because um, landing with the P20 in Mozam, uh, that that. Could help, yeah, but what we've noticed with these limited modes, at least what I and my community has noticed, um, having these weapons will make people want to land on you more because at that point, it's not about whose mm. fist hits first. It's about who's more accurate with that weapon. Um, so say in a, in a comp scene, um, there's this thing called griefing. Um, it happens a lot. Battle royales and comp scenes, mm-hmm. typically, you have a certain amount of people in a match and those people will be in the Discord channel together they will call out where they're landing to eliminate any fights off spawn. But like we've seen in Apex, it's happened a few times against mouse and keyboard and controller players. Um, People will land on your spot knowing that that's where you're landing. And if you're doing really good in that tournament, they will land on you. So I I couldn't see that happening for a competitive, just for that simple fact that griefing wouldn't be up to who lands their punches first. It would be who's more accurate right off spawn. But for Evo armor, I think that would be an interesting idea because there's people that play really safe endgame, and uh, this, this, this goes for ranked as well. Um, if you're playing a little bit more passive-aggressive, you're going to get rewarded by having red Evo. While on the other hand, if you're playing really, really safe and sitting on the edge of Storm and just kind of running it in, you're not going to be rewarded with anything white Evo. You're 125 health against red Evo. You're probably not going to be ending off strong. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my standpoint for a public match. Yeah, it's fun. But when it comes into the money on the line and uh, rankings and everything like that, Mm -hmm. I could see a lot of issues uh, being brought up with that. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe just just the Evo, no gun potentially. That'd be interesting. Yeah. You know, thinking about, talking about ranked a little bit, um, you know, we got just got ended up with the split, and now we're on World's Edge for the second half of ranked. Um, just looking at the maps in general, do you, what are your thoughts? Do you have any preference between you know Kings Canyon or World's Edge right now? Yeah, so I probably have this discussion uh, every day in, in my stream, and uh, I, when it comes to ranked and and competitive, I think World's Edge, and I'm pretty sure the entire pro scene would agree with me. Um, World's Edge is the correct map for competitive and ranked. That being my reasoning behind that and the the competitive community behind that is that in Kings Canyon, the loot distribution is very, very bad. Um, I mean, even speaking for myself, I played in the TSM Invitationals and due to... We called out we were landing slums. Mm -hmm. We ended up getting uh, landed on first game. So we went to go take artillery, which was we saw was free first game, and it ended up getting contested second game. So we were all over the map trying to find places that were free so that we didn't have to take the 50-50 chance of losing off spawn. Yeah. And um, so that's pretty much 
where, where I'm going with this is the loot on Kings Canyon is just so minuscule. Mm-hmm. You know, you can hit, you can hit salvage, which is a new place on the map. You can hit that and walk out. I literally walked out with an alternator and a re 45 with common armor. Yeah. And you know, on, on world's edge, you have multiple stories to buildings. You have a way more like a way larger map. So, um, teams can call out places and they don't have to contest each other compared to Kings Canyon being a little bit smaller. Um, even, even with fragment West and fragment East, you always have TSM hitting fragment West. And then you usually have SF or solo, uh, FIDE landing on, uh, East. So, I mean, Kings, Kings Canyon is such a minuscule map and has such a, an awful loot distribution for competitive and ranked that it makes the game very, very tough to play. I mean, even for myself, I can't even look at Kings Canyon anymore because it's just, it's, it's not what it, it is. You know, it's not what it is. Yeah. For and sure. World's Edge, World's Edge, there's another huge thing is the choke points. On Kings Canyon, you have multiple, multiple choke points. There are some on World's Edge as well, but these choke points on Kings Canyon are typically. Um, right outside of market, outside of that cave where mm-hmm. old bridges used to be, that building in that cave is a very big choke point. Over by cage, there's two choke points there. Uh, you also have choke points in river, bunker, um, containment. There's choke points every single place where if you're a team who is unlucky with the endgame circle mm-hmm. and you're trying to rotate in there, you're going to get caught by a few teams, not just one. And you're going to get taken out very easily. While on World's Edge, the main choke points are Vault, right by Train Yard, and um, the exiting area out of Skyhook going into Fragment and Train Yard. Those two areas are a huge choke point, as well as Epicenter and Geyser. But you have a lot more breathing room on World's Edge compared to Kings Canyon. Kings Canyon is an instantaneous. If you make one mistake, you're costing your team and your team's entire game. And it's something that you you don't have room for for mistakes. You don't have breathing room for mistakes. So one false move on Kings Canyon and it's over. I think that's a lot of great points. And I think you really hit the main ones there. Um, I'm happy to say that Respawn made a better map with World's Edge. And we really hope that they continue to make better and better maps as the game uh, goes on. I agree. And don't uh, don't let what I said to get mistaken with the fact that pubs is a different story. Mm-hmm. I was talking Absolutely. on a, Absolutely. on a, I was talking on a competitive, um, a battle Royale RNG prize pool like standpoint. But when it comes to public match, um, I, I do enjoy Kings Canyon, but, um, as of right now, I feel like someone who's played since day one, Kings Canyon is just not what it used to be. And, and obviously change needs to happen, of course, but um, I guess all of us that had that nostalgia for Kings Canyon ever since they took out bridges and all those good areas, mm-hmm. um, we just had that nostalgia that we wanted to be back on Kings Canyon. But once we got a taste of World's Edge, I feel like people really started to open their eyes and be like, okay, this might be a little bit better. Yeah, there's and, uh, definitely like a, a ton of negativity towards World's Edge, I feel like, uh, when it just came out and all the nostalgia of yeah. missing Skulltown and stuff. But now it's just like everybody's uh, begging to be back on World's Edge all the time for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, speaking of that, you know, being a day one OG, we got a ton of, you know, newer uh, players to the game. Do you think uh, you can sum up Skulltown in one word potentially? Um, yeah, so when you think of Call of Duty, um, you think of Rust, 
Terminal, <laughs> all these OG maps. Um, when you think of even the Fortnite players, you think of Tilted Towers. Pretty much Skulltown was the Tilted Towers and Rust of Apex. That's where everyone landed. I'm, I'm talking, you had maybe two teams go market, um, a couple teams go you know across the map, but a majority of the the really sweaty, tryhard, and good players <laughs> would be landing at Skulltown. That was and nice. there was there were so many buildings. Um, there was a lot of height. There was it was just the place to be if you wanted a lot of action and you had an aggressive play style. That's where you landed. No matter what loot you get, you could be walking out with a G seven Scout or you could be walking out with an R nine Wing. Mm-hmm. It's just it, it, it's constant fighting constant healing really action-packed and people love to see it yeah definitely miss it no doubt absolutely so uh right now uh you know we've been talking on the podcast you know about season five and how uh things have changed and we are overall really happy with the direction of the game um i guess i just kind of want to hear what your thoughts are on legend balancing and if you think anyone is in need of a major buff or a nerf in your opinion, or if certain legends like just stand head and shoulders above others? Okay, yeah. So um, when Season 5 was first released, um, there's a lot of hype around Loba. Uh, the TSM Invitationals was supposed to happen that week where everyone in the, in the tourney had to run Loba, at least one Loba on their, um, on their squad. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, there was a huge issue with the hit registration where your bullets would hit yeah. the enemy, but you wouldn't receive damage for them. That was and that caused a lot of people to get really upset and push back that tournament uh, about a month and a half. So um, for the casual players, they just didn't understand. They knew that you know they were hitting them and they just weren't receiving damage, but it was frustrating for them. It was frustrating for content creators, and uh, it lasted definitely a little bit longer than we would like it to. I believe it was exactly 15 days where we had... Uh, um, no hit regs mm-hmm. and it was something where people were actually adapting to especially in ranked people were running certain weapons that would actually register more than the others like uh, the flatline was used a lot or used a lot less because um, it was just the heavy weapons seemed to be the ones that were catching it the most uh, the g7 scout as well um R9 was okay but uh it, it just it was like the 301 was what everybody ran because it got the least amount of uh, no no regs, so um, so that's the initial my opinion on that. It was it was a little iffy. Uh, it, I was super hyped for it, and uh, I was a little iffy after that. Um, the meta change that they took out um, again in competitive, like I said, it was Watson was required on every team. You needed a Watson. Mm-hmm. You had Wraith, and then you could either pick between Pathfinder or Gibraltar. Pathfinder being so you can get the beacon scan right off spawn and see where endgame is going to be most likely, and you rotate early. And Gibby, of course, is used for endgame to control rotating with a bubble with Wraith and uh, having that airstrike bombardment coming in and try to pick up some extra points. Um, So for the competitive and ranked scene, uh, the meta was shifted, and it's still trying to figure out what it is right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Mirage getting a rework completely. Uh, Lifeline getting reworked as well a little bit with her pa- or her tactical. Um, it seems that Watson was taken out due to the fact of Crypto's EMP was so so large of a buff that people are not running Watson anymore with the fences and gent because a Crypto can EMP every single uh, ultimate for Watson 
the the gent that protects from nades and all that yeah it could destroy every single one in the area so think of a round seven game you have five watsons left with gents up in areas and one crypto emp and it's all gone everyone's free to fight so that took watson out of the place so now people are thinking about the rev which of course if anyone's playing in diamond even flats <laughs> ranked die. even even pubs i had someone do it to me in pubs they're running crypto revenant mm-hmm. and wraith where you can send you could put down your totem which if for the people that don't know the totem for rev pretty much makes it so um you have 75 health you can push a team and once that 70 health goes away you get sent back to the totem with all your shield of course you just have to pop a medkit and continue so people are putting that totem down they're uh having a wraith portal into a team that they're going to push they come back through the portal they all three hit the totem after the the crypto emps the enemy team so that their shield is all broken say all three have purple they go down to 150 health each they go in in their rev vault and just take out the team even if they don't take them out they can take that portal right back in the second they get sent back and finish up the the squad wipe so and I've been seeing the devs tweet about it, saying that the meta is something that they're very interested in. But there's a lot of uh, talk in the competitive scene and everything like that, where people are just not too happy with the meta. They don't, they don't like that. Um, they don't like the playstyle of it. Um, the people, the viewers, don't like the campy Watson playstyle. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to actual money on the line, people don't like the fact that someone could grief with their playstyle against a team that they don't like, especially with kill feed sniping being huge and everything like that. So it's an interesting meta. Um, personally, like I said, I don't play comp or ranked too much. I mean, I'm a pred, but I don't, I've played more pubs than ranked every day. Um, in ranked or pubs, you don't see it too much, and the, the changes with characters are definitely pretty cool. Uh, I play pretty much whoever, so I, I get to test out all the legends, and I really like the, the new Mirage rework. It's really cool. Um, and Pathfinder, of course, Pathfinder was one of my favorite legends to run after Lifeline got a little bit of a uh, nerf. And his grapple going down to 35 seconds from 15 seconds was uh, detrimental. And the whole community did not like the change. That's and I could probably, yeah, I could probably see it uh, getting moved up to about 30 seconds or 25 because the reason they did that was to match rates um, phase but it's now set to 25 seconds. So I can see something changing with that pretty soon. Yeah. I'll say that uh, increased grapple cooldown didn't seem to hurt you too much in your uh, last vid with the double wingman's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I still use it as if his grapple is 15 seconds. I mean, the whole time my teammates were just like, I cannot keep up with you. I'm going to have to start running octane. And it's just like, I, I'm a, I'm a very quick person. Uh, I get yelled at for not looting. correctly or doing all this in a public match but when i'm just having fun there's two things i look for when i wipe a team i if i need the new armor like a purple and i'm running blue i'll grab the purple grab my light and heavy ammo grab two batteries and i'm i'm gone so i'm a a very quick looter i leave a lot behind uh bad at pinging and everything but when i'm I'm solo squatting i just i'm focused in on myself and that's that's a feature i hope we can have here in apex soon is a no-fill option for squads Oh wow, really? I've never I've never really heard that idea float around, but as a content creator, is that like something you would definitely be interested in? Absolutely. I know a lot of people like Jenks and Chicken. Um sometimes, you know, we get teammates that notice us and uh I'm I'm always the type of person to plug in my mic and say hello. You know, it means mm-hmm. a lot to to the people that watch uh our channels and support us. 
I always like to go out into game chat and just say, you know, I hope you're having a good day. I appreciate you for watching me. Like it really does mean the world to me. And, uh, but sometimes us content creators, we just want to play solo. We don't want to have, we don't want any teammates on our team. We don't have to, we don't want to have to rely on other people or have to, you know, uh, ping a bunch of things for people make sure they're okay. Make sure they have loot. Uh, we kind of just want to go and do our own thing and see what can happen. For sure. When you got to get the content Kraber shots, you got to be uh, locked in on that. Exactly. For sure. <laughs> exactly. Um, kind of, I know that you have something in the works and you have a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, you know, what do you think could make Apex better right now? Um, you know, you're saying that they're, the devs are looking at the meta at this point. You're not really sure if you like the Revenant crypto. Um, yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on how to make the game better i guess um i would probably start with there's three major things and one was obviously announced in fall is a uh, cross-platform that is going going to help the people over on pc a lot um even today uh queue times for duos and na at 1 p.m which is midday mm-hmm. um it was taking about 10 minutes to 20 minutes to find a duo match on pc and Armed and Dangerous, when it was still out, was taking about 10 minutes to find a game as well. That's While in Trios, it's about a three to five minute queue time. But in Ranked, Apex Predator, um, there's a lot of struggles for all of us in the community because it will be 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. EST, and we have to go into Tokyo servers, which gives us 300 ping, which is not ideal. Wow. London. Um, East NA, West NA, and Singapore. We hop around all five of those servers trying to find where everybody's at to queue up quicker because the queue times are about 20 to 30 minutes per ranked game, which is really tough. So Crossplat is going to help those queue times go a lot quicker. So that would be one thing I would recommend. Uh, well, it happened, but I talked about it in the, uh, the past about how we need that as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing I would implement is a working streamer mode. The streamer mode we have now, a lot of people don't realize this, but um, it's the pretty much the opposite of what streamer mode is supposed to be. Uh, when you turn it on, you want to be anonymous. You don't want to be known as who you are. You want to be random. You don't want to be. You don't want to let anybody know who you are in the kill feed and everything like that. But the streamer mode that we have in Apex right now pretty much is the opposite of that. So everyone in your game, the other fifty nine people are anonymous to you, but you are still, you're still sore Kobe to, to the enemies. Yeah. So that doesn't really help. It's weird. But I would like to see a streamer mode where your skins are random, your banners, your kills are unclassified. Um, like everything name, everything just completely anonymous. Cause I, I've been having to make uh, name changes on my PC account every like once a week to two times. Uh, a month pretty much just changing my name so that um uh like kill feed snipers won't affect my gameplay i've had a lot of people see sore kobe in my name and this is huge on ps4 but not as much on pc but if they see that we are me janks and chicken on man are the champion mm-hmm. they're gonna wait for us to knock somebody in a kill feed listen for our gunshots figure out what gun we have and what gunshots they're hearing and they're gonna approach that place some people are, you know, cool about it. They'll just have a normal fight. Some people will drop all their loot and teabag, and then other people <laughs> will, you know, 
have communications with their team as if they're playing a competitive tournament against us when we're just having fun. So it, yeah. it affects our gameplay and it, it makes it really hard for us to do, you know, funny challenges like Mozambique only because yeah. we have these people three stacking a public match with, you know, 20 kill badges and 4Ks and playing to their to their full ability while me, Chicken and Jenks are running around with the Mozambique. And then, you know, it just caused a lot of uh, controversy and drama. So streamer mode and cross-plat are the two big things. I would also which I know they're in the works of doing, but mm-hmm. we should have had it earlier. Um, custom servers, private tournaments, private matches, something to interact with our fan base where instead of just inviting two people at a time, we can invite 59 people and, you know, host funny events, um, you know, hide and seek, Michael Myers, stuff like that, where we can involve our community and it would help the game grow a lot as well. Um, another huge thing that I would say would have to be um, a supporter creator code or even something where yeah. on the weapon charms, say you could have um, a sword logo where EA and sword work together, where we have our own weapon charms and skins on legends where, you know, um, our, our fan base for sword that loves you know, our sword fans will buy these charms. So EA would make money. Mm-hmm. Sword would make money and we would all be in a happy face because we would get to see our fans rocking the sword logo on weapons uh, stuff like that like even individual creators like iTemp, Zobrad, Zeus Staycation, mm-hmm. Jinx like having our own charms would be really really cool and would get our community more involved and I think it would you know help EA out financially and it would also help us with our community and um just kind of see how big of a drive we really have yeah to for sure. the fan base now that makes a ton of sense i mean you guys are driving such a huge audience uh to this game and you know interacting with them is just something that seems like it should uh be a given at this point honestly right uh but you know you went over it a little bit but talking about cross play a little bit there's a huge debate especially on twitter and it's honestly pretty negative uh, looking at like controller versus mouse and keyboard and the whole aim assist argument. Do you have any mm-hmm. thoughts on that overall? And do you think it'll affect crossplay in a negative way at all? Um, here's my opinion on it. And I've talked about it on stream a few times. Mm-hmm. Coming from console, uh, I put about probably 4,000 hours playing Apex on console. And I have 1,000 hours on PC. I would say that the people that are iffy about, you know, I'm on console and i'm gonna have to go against pros on pc um i will 100 percent say that the aim assist is a lot stronger on console so the people that are on console going against pc should not have any worries of course pc does have advantages like um air strafing mm-hmm. looting while moving um multiple other things the aim assist will make up for for all of the the advantages that mouse and keyboard players have um the aim assist on pc is still there yeah but um you can ask any person who's ever been on pc and console uh the aim assist is a lot less what it is on console if i were to plug in my ps4 right now and use a r99 with no light mag on it 99 percent of the bullets are going to (laughs) hit and it's going to be due to aim assist and i can go on pc and I could have the same exact uh, recoil, uh, no light mag. There's a lot less of a chance that I'm going to hit that many shots. I mean, it's possible, 
but that's that's just when skill kind of balances the aim assist but um yeah i guess for your initial question um people that are worried about it should not really worry too much about it because i when i tell you they're going to be frying i'm it's it's it i can see pros um getting really mad about it within the first week and it getting nerfed so yeah for the first initial week they're going to be fine i could already see a lot of the pros complaining about it and getting it taken out though take advantage of that first week then guys that's the that's the big tip from sore kobe i think <laughs> absolutely we're really excited i mean i think that crossplay is going to be an overall net good for apex and definitely help those uh those lobby sizes in general like i hear what you're saying about the queue times Shay and I, you know, we're trying to grind ranked and it's hard to get really a skill-based match going. Like we really struggle to find players uh in the game. So we are really hoping that crossplay helps that just more people. Absolutely. And another issue with ranked now that you mentioned it, um, I get this tweeted at me a lot. Why golds and silvers are getting into predator lobbies, mm-hmm. and that's because yeah. the queue times are taking so long that the game kind of just throws whoever's on in that yeah. time into the queue. So, uh, it, you know, most people that play ranked know um, if you're diamond, you cannot play with anyone who is in gold. Yeah. It's got to be one rank apart. So if you're mm-hmm. a predator or master, you can only play with diamonds. If you're a diamond, you can only play with preds and plats and, you know, they're on four. So, like, having golds in your lobby is not okay, especially for a new player who's not at the same skill level as these predators, they are just not ranking up and not enjoying the game because they're not going against their skill level like they're supposed to. The game just doesn't have that that pull right now and lobbies are taking so long that you got golds and silvers playing against predators, which is not fair at all. Yeah, it, it can definitely be a serious grind in ranked. We hear what you're saying, absolutely. Um, do you think the crossplay will will save that? I absolutely think crossplay will save that. Yes, I yeah, think Q times will be a still. lot easier. Um, I even I played ranked uh, PS4 last season a little bit, and Q times were nothing like they are on PC. They're maybe about a minute to three minutes in Pred, and you only get diamonds and Preds in your lobby. Yeah. Maybe that every now and then platinum, but uh, for the most part, it's it's. What it is on PS4, mix that, which I assume is about the same on Xbox, and add that to PC. I think mm-hmm. Q times are going to be instant. They're going to be actual Preds and Diamonds only in those those games. While the Plats and Golds are in their lobbies, it's going to be separate. So I yeah. think I think that's going to help extremely. Plus the Switch players, you know, they'll be in there too. <laughs> oh, they will be in there. I'll be, I'll be on the lookout for those, uh, those Switch players on the come up. For sure, for sure. Um, one question that I have, you know, with all these new battle royales and we see Warzone, you know, kicking it up to 200 players, um, talking about the future of Apex, is the lobby size or map size, should it change significantly? Or do you think that having the, the 60 person lobby is kind of a staple of Apex? Um, I think it's perfect how it is now. Uh, a little bit more might interact with more third parties, which people already don't appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing you can do to prevent that. So adding more people would probably mess with that. Now, having a limited game mode, I'm all for it for 100 people in the game. That would be super fun for a limited. And I'm all about limited modes. I mean, you can 
there's endless ideas you can do for limited modes. So many like, good ones. I even talked about this on stream today. I was talking about implementing a Black Ops 3 jetpack concept <laughs> into oh, a man. limited game mode. Like not like someone in my chat was like, but the Fortnite uh, jetpacks would be OP in Apex, and I'm like, <laughs> not like that. I'm talking about the BO3 concept where you got like a little bit of a boost and just a lot more movement. I think something like that would be really fun. Just to test out, of course, not in competitive rank, yeah. just in, for fun. That's That'd a bit tight. more like the that's a bit more Titanfall esque, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever actually? That's a good question. I think. Do you ever play Titanfall at all before you got into this? Uh, you know, Apex universe. I actually did not. Um, I did not play Titanfall at the time. Like I said, I was playing old school RuneScape. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an MMORPG that came out in 1998 and was re remap remapped in uh, about, I think, maybe 2014, 15, where they remade their the old school server. And uh, so I was playing that for about three years. I've been playing that since I was like eight, nine years old. And I was making content over there. So I skipped the whole Titanfall mm -hmm. phase, all of that. I don't even think I had a console at the time. I was just playing Apex or just playing RuneScape. Yeah. And then once I got to Apex, uh, when Apex would have updates or there, it was just a little stale moment, uh, me and Daltouche would always hop on Titanfall with our stream and, you know, get as many as our friends in there and have like Titanfall scrims. It was really fun. <laughs> so oh, that's awesome. That is, that is awesome for sure. That movement's crazy. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the loot pool in Apex right now. And, you know, we just saw the addition of the mobile respawn beacon. Do you think that's going to uh, significantly change, you know, competitive play potentially? Or is it something we'll see more in, uh, you know, ranked in public lobbies? Um, so mobile respawn, obviously they added it in Armed and Dangerous to see mm -hmm. how the community thought about it. Um, I can see it being useful maybe in ranked situations um could be useful in early competitive but when you're getting into that end game you're looking at 10 different teams in a round four to five circle mm -hmm. if you even drop that mobile respawn it's not looking good for you you're, you're exposing where you're you're you know taking cover at and uh you're exposing your location so and mid to end game competitive i would say it's useless to, to carry Early to mid game, I would say it would be a little bit beneficial, especially if you get contested off spawn. Um, and especially over on PC right now, ranked is pretty much just aggressive pubs for yeah. these pro players because this is how I always explained it. PC players, we have pubs, ranked, scrims, GLL scrims. Mm -hmm. Console doesn't have scrims, so their ranked is their scrims. So it goes pubs and ranked on console, but we have an actual scrim server that anybody can join, uh, just going to the GLL Discord. And so ranked on PC right now is just everyone W king, and it, it ends pretty quick, round two to round three circle. You have those every now and then games where it gets to the end game circle, but so to answer your question, I think mobile respawns will probably help in ranked. Um, but when you get into the more uh, scrimmaging and competitive scene, like I said, mid to end game, I won't. I, I don't think anybody will be using them. Yeah, that makes complete sense. I mean, it's definitely going to be a, a tough item to pull off, but there could definitely be some fun clips. I mean, I just saw, you know, Zeus put out the video of him trying to 
uh, kill the final people with the mobile respawn beacon and being a little let down on that front for sure. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, still on that topic of loot pool, though, I know the devs have come out and said the reason they didn't introduce a weapon this season was potentially because they felt like the weapon pool is a little bit uh, saturated. Do you think we will see a new weapon soon? We've had the Volt rumored and the EPG-2. Um, what do you think is the future of the loot pool for Apex Legends? Um it's at a really weird standpoint ever since sniper ammo and everything like that was uh, put into the game. It really messes with the loophole mm-hmm. uh, and people don't really understand that. Like the, the casual doesn't really understand that. So back in the day when longbow was a heavy ammo and uh, everything like that. Yeah. Triple uh, triple energy. Energy. Yeah. yeah. When it was like that, you got to think of it like this. Now there's no spots for sniper ammo. Um, the Sentinel became a thing all these sniper mags in the game, those are making it so the loot is so bad. That's why King's Canyon loot is terrible because you have all this sniper stuff that you're not going to be using for the most part. Mm -hmm. I mean, I use it sometimes just a meme, uh, the triple take, (laughs) a good gun. But realistically, when it comes down to winning, nobody really runs around with a sentinel and uh, a a triple take or charge rifle. Yeah, like it's not ideal. So, um, I I I watched a video. Um, I forgot who it was. It was a weapon tier list video in the community. One of these uh, YouTubers with like uh, six hundred thousand subs. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, what was the video? It was a weapon tier list, and in that video, he was talking about the same thing. He said, "If if sniper ammo wasn't implemented into the game, the loot pull would not be as bad as it is, is today." And I I fully agree with him. So. I could see them doing something to the loop uh, loophole, but I I can definitely see a new gun coming for season six. I now what it is, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had <clears throat> we've had a new sniper two times. We've had a new the energy gun, the havoc was the last gun as well. It went sentinel, charge rifle, havoc, and um, L star. Yeah, L-Star, L-Star, yeah, L-Star, not the Havoc, right? Yeah, no, uh, the Havoc was actually the first gun in oh, yeah, Season yeah. 1. Season right. 1. Yeah, so I would say I could probably see us getting a a new AR, potentially, mm-hmm. or a submachine gun. Maybe the Volt, maybe the Volt, yeah. Do you think, we've heard a lot of rumors about explosive rounds potentially being tested, and a lot of you know data miners have gone and found uh you know icons and stuff uh showing that that could potentially be a thing do you think explosive rounds you know could be detrimental to apex i mean we see it in warzone and fortnite as you know kind of a killer of you know just the flow of a game at points for sure absolutely yeah it's a tough one for sure that's all i have to say about it too Uh, i'm worried yeah i'm actually worried about it we've said that multiple times it's definitely a weird one for sure yeah uh last question to kind of wrap up our end of it um you know we know that you like a couple legends but what is your favorite legend or if you can't pick one give us a couple of the top Mm -hmm. um my favorite would probably go um the lifeline of course uh i've been running her since preseason uh about thirty-five thousand kills on all accounts with lifeline and 
she's gotten a lot of nerfs to her that made it so all of us lifeline mains, including Daltouche, Term, mm-hmm. and everybody else has decided to step away from, including drone canceling and storm. Uh, the drone can no longer move, and we just lost fast heals. So, uh, lifeline mains, yeah, and low profile. So it's it's not looking too good for us lifeline mains. Uh, that's where Pathfinder kind of came in when I began beginning to develop a super aggressive playstyle. Mm-hmm. Having those grapples was mandatory for getting across the map and dropping high kill games. And the third legend would probably go to um, it'd probably go to Wraith because. Uh, the the phasing gets you out of very bad situations that I get myself into all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you walk into a building and you got three people, caustic traps and all, just sitting in a corner. So having that phase to get out, of course, the timing on it now is a little bit worse. But if you can time it right, you can still get out of situations. And the portal, of course, is made for end game rotations. So uh, those are my go to three legends. It would go Lifeline, Pathfinder, and then Wraith. Good for sure. That's and awesome. I mean, I think we're at a good place though. Everyone's pretty fun to play for sure right now absolutely uh octane having that double bounce it's super fun to go for you know cool shots cool clips um mirage having that week uh that rework um you know you got legends for anybody out there so for sure i'm a i'm a og mirage fan so that was definitely a big big bonus this season oh yeah that's a win for you then for sure Hey, man, thank you so much for coming on. Um, you know, before we head out here and, you know, wrap up this recording, is there anything, you know, we should have you, you plug on here that you want to shout out besides the sick merch? <laughs> That's honestly probably it. Um, the, the merch is going to be out there until August 1st, and we're discontinuing it to work on a winter drop. I'm going to start uh, doing about seasonal drops because I have a, a high influence in, in fashion in today's day and age. And I like to make stuff that's relatable to other people's life uh, rather than just a logo on a T-shirt. I take it more to to heart. And, you know, there's everybody out there who has their own story. So I think people, you know, would like to relate to other people. That's why music is such a huge industry is because Mm -hmm. if you make a product that, you know, people can relate to, they find it more... uh, more influential to your life. So that's why the concepts of my merch are, are a little bit different. Um, and a lot of people like the fact that, um, you know, that everyone has their own story and they can relate to the products that I release. So that's the, that's the one thing that I would like to plug is just my merch. Uh, you know, I stream daily over on Twitch and upload as much as I can on YouTube pretty much daily. I miss a day every now and then, but (laughs) that's pretty much it. For sure. For sure. Well, dude, that was awesome to have you for sure. Thank you so much for coming on. Awesome interview. That was freaking sweet, man. Yeah. Love to hear those ideas and just kind of Kobe's story. I'm really happy he was able to share that with us because I don't think it's anywhere uh, easy to find. And it's such a good, crazy story and uh, very interesting for people to hear for sure. With that, though, we're going to dive into our five-star listener questions. If you guys ever have any questions you want answered on the podcast, be sure to submit them in the form of a five-star review on Apple Pods. And, you know, always check us out on Instagram because we're putting up polls to get questions for future mailbags. First question is coming in from Little Potato Chip, five star. Hi, me again. When and where are your live streams for Q&A and who is your main? Great question. Um, The live streams for uh, just questions and answers and kind of live hangouts Mm -hmm. uh, is an exclusive benefit for our patrons. Uh, you can check that out, and the uh, 
link in the description on the Instagram. Uh, and that's a monthly hangout that we do on Patreon. It's hosted through YouTube, but mm-hmm. that's where you'd access that. And you can join that one. I think that's our beginning level. So at $3 a month, um, and it's a really good time. Just an hour of back and forth with everyone. It was really cool. Right now, it could be one of our highlights yeah. of the whole community. It's really fun and we love doing that. Okay, Henry, big question now. Who is your main? It's a big question. You know, I've been playing so much recently and I've mm-hmm. been really mixing it up, like not playing my main, but my main is Gibraltar. No question. I'm the best Gibraltar. Uh, <laughs> like, I just feel so confident with his kit and like that is kind of my play style. Um, I'll just answer the question. Don't have to deviate Dude, from it. That's I don't my know answer. what the answer is for me. Like, she is tough and. I don't know. I don't want to steal your thunder, but this whole idea of mains might not be. It's not as strong as a thing anymore, for sure. At least for us. Yeah. We've been bouncing around playing so many people. We have to. We have to. We got to do Mastering the Legends. You know, Pathfinder obviously will always have a special place in my heart as the OG number one. I've been struggling to play him a lot as of late, just with not even as a negative to him. Like, yeah, he got hit pretty hard by some nerfs, but. It's not a game breaker. It's more just been that other people have been super fun to play. I would probably say like the, you know, most played ranked legend right now is probably Caustic. But, you know, I'm bouncing around with everyone. Freaking Mirage, Lifeline. Everyone is so great to play right now. Uh, You know, mains are not as common of a thing. And, you know, we'll see. Even on streams, like on streams, I was having you guys pick whoever I want, whoever I was going to play. Like. And some of your highest damage games this season is with Crypto. Yeah. So, so it's just like, I don't know. if played Revenant. Like, yeah. Shay doesn't stick around very long. Yeah, but we'll he see. does get attached to the Legends. I go, I go like really hard on someone for like a period of time. I just fill the role of whatever my team needs for sure. That's, that's the main. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's true. I can vouch. Next question is coming from Kizzle Sizzle. Five stars, of course. Hey guys, I fell in love with Apex Season 1 and 2, and then took a hiatus for about a year. I'm back into playing every day, it's keeping me sane during a quarantine, and your podcast has been a blast to listen to. My question is, what are your tips for those of us approaching the ripe old age of 30, who may not have the best aim? I love this question, and it's a real one. Yeah, for sure. If you feel like you can't hit your shots, it's a fast pace unforgiving game and you know as much as aim is important in all shooter games apex is a game where i personally believe that positioning is incredibly important and having the high ground if you're not hitting all your shots but you are in the power position on a map um you will really find success even uh when you struggle i mean there was maybe a season and a half ago henry and i played with a guy for a little bit who literally said i'm great at getting you into position this is a pathfinder uh, he scanned all the beacons, launched heck of zip lines, but he said, I'm not going to win gunfights in Endgame, so I just need you guys to do that. And we pulled out a plenty of wins with him. So, you know, finding who you uh, need to play with to fit your strengths and, you know, I would just say position playing for sure. I would definitely say play to your legend strength. You know, we're not quite sure who you're playing right now or if you've locked one down yet. Um but definitely, you know, use your abilities. It's not all about the gunplay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what Shay said about getting that positioning can help you win gunfights is really important. But if you honestly are in a position where you just feel like you don't have time to react, my honest opinion is try out Gibraltar. Mm-hmm. That arm shield gives you 
that extra little bit, bit of, of forgiveness. Time, yeah, to just either line up those shots or react. Um, That's a good point. I I think it, it's not like a a solution to your issue. Uh, but it might be something that you might try. Yeah, that's a good point. He definitely doesn't fit into like that, uh, you know, strafing incredibly fast category of legend, which can make it harder yeah. to aim. And so that that's a good point for sure. Next question we have is coming from player zero nine three seven five star. Hey, I love your guys' podcast. Congrats on the social success. The question I have is: Do you guys stream on YouTube or Twitch? And if not, have you ever considered it? Great question, player. Uh, we've been streaming on YouTube. We just started up our first stream last week. Uh, remind me the day that we've been going. Thursday, 10, 10 a.m. Pacific, Pacific Standard. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. I mean, we had a pretty good amount of people show up and it was just a great, great time for sure. And hopefully we're uh, going to start trying to either uh, have a third with us mm-hmm. or choose somebody watching the stream at random to come hop in some games with us and we're streaming on playstation also which is a little weird for us because we're xbox only players but the integration with youtube was a lot easier through playstation yeah the streaming is something that you know we're trying out you know we're audio podcast guys mm-hmm. we play a lot of apex it's been super fun to try that out and do a little video um if you guys like it stop by tell us we'll keep doing it for sure i think it's fun yeah and sub to the youtube channel i'll have it linked in the description below uh it's just a good way to support us outside of the follow on spotify absolutely last question for the day coming from dark omen 616 amazing podcast this podcast has amazing hosts and is super fun to listen to question whenever i play with friends i seem to not do as good as when i play with randoms but i always hear people say that playing with friends is better what should i do and where do you stream youtube great answer great question this is a really good question Mm -hmm. and honestly i think shay and i can both kind of empathize with it a little bit um one point of clarification i would say is what do you consider playing good yeah like getting a bunch of kills or getting the champion Mm -hmm. uh because I think whenever we say playing with friends is better, uh, us personally, we're trying to go for the wins. And yeah. it's hard to do that with randoms. Um, what do you have to say? Well, I'm just, I think building off what you were saying a little bit, like when you are playing with randoms by yourself, if your idea of playing good is getting kills and having high damage, it's easier than when you're playing with someone that is better. And normally you play with people that are your friends at your skill level. And so like for Henry and I, like, Henry and I don't usually have huge, big damage games when we're playing with each other because we'll both have, you know, 18 apiece rather than one person going for the 25. So it's just like That's when a pe- lot of damage to me. When people <laughs> are killing each other, like when you're killing yeah. teams and wiping people and everyone's splitting in a little bit, uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. You don't feel like you're popping off as an individual per se. Yeah. but And, you know, I'll say though, if, you're, if your idea of, playing good is winning and you're not winning with your friends send them over our way to the podcast hopefully some tips will sharpen up their skills and you guys can get some wins for sure we can try to straighten them out um yeah i I think maybe the last thing is like when i play with randoms i play a lot more selfish Mm -hmm. like i'm not gonna go put my skin on the line and not fully heal in order to you know take some fire from people yeah and so i'll end up full healing and then being able to finish off the whole squad by myself and getting all those kills uh, but may not be respawning the randoms <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. So 
I think that I can definitely hear what you're saying, that playing with randoms uh, makes you look better or feel better as an individual. Uh, but I may question whether you're getting the dubs as definitely. a solo. Because that's tough, honestly. It's a lot harder. You know, unless you're a uh, sore Kobe who wants that uh, solo queuing mode, which is impressive as heck. Imagine that. I Really, I mean, that's a whole different ballpark. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. It means a whole ton. This was a huge episode for us, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please subscribe to us on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on the next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. We interact with everyone on there. And check out our Discord via the link in the description. You know, it's getting popping over there. That's where Henry and I go to get people to play games with us for sure. Yeah, sub to the YouTube channel. Anything else? It's getting busy. It's getting busy, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.